Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Nonprofit Reframe. Happy Monday! We are thrilled to be with you today for one of our most anticipated episodes of the season. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I think you should do that <laughs> at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I wish I could do the drum roll, you know, that <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. We are talking about galas. Or, or is it gala? I, I genuinely do not know. <laughs> I don't need, are you team gala or team gala? I probably go 50-50. I, I switch hit every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to be team gala, but I love it when I'm in a conversation with someone and they call it gala and we still stick to our own. Like, oh, no, interesting. Nobody assimilates to the other person. <laughs> it's like I'm standing firm in it. I have a board member with one client who will very adamantly say, it is gala and will very rudely correct you if you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. There are those people who uh, have strong feelings about it, but I say either one. Hopefully everybody knows what we're talking about at the very least. <laughs> yes. So a gala... <laughs> <laughs> yes, your gala? <laughs> ...is an annual event. It's an annual fundraiser. It typically has a ticket price involved, so you buy a ticket... Come in the evening, you've got dinner, possibly silent auction, live auction, paddle raiser. Raffle, games, whole nine. Whole nine. Mm-hmm. Um, tends to be meant for kind of a higher capacity donor. Yes, um, which is usually denoted by the ticket price. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I mean, if you're doing your job well, you have uh, ways for people to engage at every level at the event itself. But yeah. just the cost of entry usually tends to preclude some people from Certainly. attending. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's helpful to think about how Gala Galas got started. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know this, so I'm really excited to learn. Well, and I think it's it's a really interesting kind of construct in fundraising. Um, when you think historical events like this, it was typically done in the arts. Like the, obviously the most famous one was the Met Gala, mm. um, which was started back in the forties, soon after World War II ended. Really? Actually. Yeah. So they had this new costume shop that they wanted to get up and running. Um, and so they put on this big event, had people dress up. They had a very specific theme, which of course they're well known for now. Um, and it was used in the arts, you know, across um, the world, whether it's for your local ballet, your um, your local theater, your local museum, um, all of them have some type of gala or did historically. Um, what's interesting, though, is where human services organizations have picked that up and mm-hmm. run with it. So now your local homeless shelter might have a gala. Right. Um, which I, I just find both interesting and kind of um, kind of hard to reconcile, actually. Because when you're working in human services, you're typically working with folks who don't have access to that event, first off. Um, You're getting people there under the guise of kind of a fun night. And often the mission is very secondary Mm -hmm. to the fun night. 
Um, and sometimes even the themes go contrary to the work itself. Yep. You know, if you think about certain time periods that people do themes, um, you know, there's a group around here that does a 1940s ball. Um, and I think we have a lot of folks in this community whose, you know, recent generations didn't enjoy the 1940s. It was not a good time for them. Right. And yet we're having this event. I don't know. So the way that human services organizations use galas, I think, can present a lot of issues. And then donors who aren't necessarily mission aligned. Right. They're there for a fun night and you can't convert them to another type of donor because they, they aren't there for that reason. But the reality is that these tend to be the the biggest fundraiser of the year mm-hmm. for said organization. Right. Well, there is a nice piece of it. Of You know, if you just think about the mechanics, you get all of your biggest potential donors in a room and ask them at once instead of going out to dinner with every single one of them individually. Th- you would think that there would be some cost savings to that, which in reality we know isn't really true. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I... And personally, in the midst of gala season. Oh, so fun. So fun. Mine is, oh my gosh, I might throw up when I think about this, five weeks away. Well, at the time, this is airing less than a month away. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting the delay. Yes, less than a month away. Ah. First off, do you have your dress? No. 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 That is... No, that is the last thing that I buy. And typically, <laughs> I haven't even tried it on before day of, and then no. I realize it doesn't fit, and I don't have shoes, and... I, I know this about you, because we've gone to so many together, <sighs> and I'm, like, running into your house to help zip you up from uh, into a dress <laughs> that you've never even tried on. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it can fit. Like, let me inhale... Um, I should say. Or exhale. Sorry. <laughs> I have my dress for your gala. Oh, you're such a good friend. You were the very first person to buy a ticket when they went on sale. Yes. That early bird gets me. <laughs> Offer an early bird price. Hashtag early bird pricing works. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You're so welcome. So supportive. <laughs> This is, I think, don't quote me because I don't want to have to sit here and stall to try to think about it, but I think it's either my seventh or eighth gala that I have Oh, at least, yeah. Organized. Um, And I think I'm pretty good at them. They've Mm -hmm. been successful, but it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. They are so fucking stressful. So freaking stressful. You've got this issue where people have paid a lot of money to come. And yet what they're receiving is being put on by a nonprofit who is not there to put on events. Exactly. Like if I pay that same amount of money to a local hotel who's doing a special event, yeah, I expect a certain level of hospitality service, right? Like how good the food is going to be. But then when I go to a nonprofit, people maintain that same standard and they get so pissed off. A hundred percent. You just nailed it right there. It is the job of trying to, A, work within a budget, right? Right. Which you have to spend money to make money when you're putting on a gala. They cost a lot of money to put on. A lot of money, yeah. And then you want to create this atmosphere where guests feel that it is of a certain caliber event, Mm -hmm. which to entice them to give generously, 
while at the same time not spending so much money that it looks lavish and irresponsible <laughs> right. for a nonprofit to be spending that kind of money um, and cost so much that whatever you do make doesn't pay off. Right. You right. know what I mean? What a fine line. <laughs> it is such a fine line. And I find that I have to walk that line most of the time with my event committee. Oh, yes. Talk about the event committee. So the event committee typically made up of volunteers. Um, a lot of times there's a board member or two or three who really enjoys that event. And so, um, you know, uses that as kind of what they choose to focus on for the year, um, which is great. Everybody's got great intentions. They've got great ideas. Um, but going back to that idea of making sure that particularly when you're working for a human services organization, that the theme is in line with your mission. Yeah. So, for example, last year, our gala, the theme was a Vegas theme. Mm -hmm. Well, we're a women's empowerment organization. So the idea of having women walking around in feathers and yeah. costume like the Vegas women doesn't resonate yep. with our mission so having to kind of shut that idea down <laughs> and give an alternative, right? you know? So I, I think that that's where it's hard as the event coordinator, as the staff member, because you need, you need to hold that line for the reputation of the organization. Oh, totally. But the people that you're inviting <clears throat> are of this, not all of them. <laughs> I always feel like I have to give a disclaimer. Yeah, of course. But... A lot of them who give generously mm -hmm. at the event also, like you said, have these higher expectations. Right. And they love to tell you in the midst of the event oh, when you didn't meet those expectations. Yes, they do. <laughs> like, give me at least two weeks to bounce back from the event. You do such a good job of that. So Dan and I, we go to a lot of other fundraising events for other organizations. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how our friendship blossomed. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and because um, neither of our husbands want to go. Never. <laughs> I know. So we'll go to, with each other, be each other's date. And we, I mean, we know we've, we've put on these events a million times ourselves. So we're kind of critiquing to each other throughout the event, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. And they if, left money on the table by not doing this. Yeah. This was such a great addition over here. I love how that worked. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, but you always do such a great job of taking those notes and then waiting <laughs> a couple weeks before passing it back to the development director or whoever put on the event. I don't know if I've told you this story, actually, that I'm about to share right now oh, live on the I, podcast. Um, so this was your gala that I was at years ago. Okay. And uh, I was there and I saw this board member beeline it across the ballroom towards you. And you, you were kind of standing in a corner waiting for something. And I could tell, like, they just looked upset. Something had gone wrong. And I intercepted. Thank God. And, you know, it was an issue with with somebody at their table, didn't like something. And I, I stopped them and said, you know, Brittany's actually about to go on stage. It, can we either deal with this later or is there somebody else we can have to deal with this? And actually, is this an issue whatsoever? <laughs> exactly. Um, I do remember that because they found me later that oh, night. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. So you saved me right before I went on stage. Thank you. 
Um, You're so welcome. <laughs> but they did find me later that night, and <laughs> it, oh gosh, I'm like getting flashbacks. <laughs> it was a situation of, hey, Brittany, I want you to meet my friend. Jane, let's say, and oh, by the way, Jane is a fundraiser and she puts on all these amazing events and she has a lot of tips to give you in ways to improve <laughs> on this event that we're currently in. We're living the event <laughs> in the moment. Oh, gosh. And you want somebody who I've never met to give me advice on how to make it better? I'm sorry. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's just the epitome of disrespect and it drives me crazy because these events are so much work yeah i think that's what people don't realize like whoever is running the event on staff it engulfs their work for probably the month prior at least yeah. at least and i don't care how shitty the event is <laughs> It's probably, they probably still worked their ass off. Totally. And unfortunately, that is the result. <laughs> and it wasn't a great experience. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that they have put everything into that event. Right. And if it didn't go well, mm -hmm. then they're probably even more oh, yeah. just disheartened and deflated afterwards. Oh, there's nothing worse than being at an event during the paddle raise and it not going well. Oh, gosh. And you look over, you see the fundraising staff, and their faces have just fallen. I mean, they've worked on this probably since the day after the last one, and they're, they're just beside themselves. Well, because like any event, you can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan, and when it comes to the day of, there's certain aspects that are a total crapshoot. Totally. I mean... If there's weather involved, mm -hmm. um, attendance, I mean, yes, by then you should know how many people have bought tickets, but still, like, are they going to show up? Oh, are they totally. not going to show up? Um, is there going to be any energy during the big money raising portions of the evening? Yeah. Like the paddle raiser or the live auction? Mm -hmm. What if something doesn't sell and oh, it just takes yes. the air out of the room? Oh, those are the worst moments. When something doesn't sell and the auctioneer can't pivot away from it, it just feels like... I. I I always feel so uncomfortable. I just want to like crawl under the table. <laughs> no. And all those things that you can't control. Right. That you try so desperately. Right. So you sit and you um, taste food at all these different caterers and you get bids and you talk to them, but then you show up and the food's cold. Oh, yeah. The night of. Yep. That's happened. Oh, totally. Uh, How about the salmon's raw? No. Yes. It no. wasn't a gala. It was a luncheon, but... Um, we used this uh, venue for the first time. It was brand new in town, so they were also giving us a really good um, deal. And the the space was great. We we packed the room, and uh, you know, of course, we had multiple options. Half the salmon was raw. <laughs> and then the worst part was it's not funny. It's not funny. It's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part was it, afterward when I'm like negotiating back with them to say. You, you fed my guests raw food that could have gotten them sick, first off, and that most of them didn't eat. I'm not paying for that. They started to fight me with about it. No. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, you have all these people who attended mm -hmm. who are telling you, oh, by the way, did you know that my food was cold? Did right. you know my food wasn't cooked? By the way, did you know I got sick from this? And, and after the 18th person, you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. 
Well, yeah, we sent out uh, an email immediately oh, the, the no. day after to apologize to everybody who had gotten the salmon to say that we were working with the venue, um, and we were so sorry that that was their experience. But I don't think that the venues understand how significant that can be because now you've got a room full of folks and a half of them are so distracted by their food they're not listening to the really impassioned speech that's happening that's going to change their donation from what they intended to give to something more oh absolutely and they're not going to come back next year right right and so now i've just i've created a bad experience for all these donors because of what the venue couldn't produce because it goes back to the fact that they just paid $125 a ticket to come. Yeah. You know, that's why I always joke that, oh, I don't know if I want to pay $125 to go to another rubber chicken dinner or something like that. And it goes back to the expectation because twice now I have come into an organization and run their gala where the previous year, the year before, they either had cold or undercooked food. Oh, gosh. So my whole expectation is... Let's just get hot cooked food. <laughs> let's, let's, let's start there. Let's ensure nobody leaves with food poisoning and it's a good night. And then that's a win. <laughs> let's st- let's put the bar there first. And then we, you know, once we've nailed that, then we can maybe raise it to, you know, something extraordinarily delicious or whatever. Yeah. Nobody goes to a gala and leaves and is like, that's the best food I've ever had. I don't know. There have been a few. Really? Yeah. I do want to clarify, though, because I get this question a lot, especially from my family. If you are going to a gala that a nonprofit is putting on, they are paying. There's no hotel anywhere in the world that is giving the space, the food, and the staff 100% for free. People think that? People think that. No. Yes. Yes. Every so often, and this is going to be like a, a small subsection of times, there's a discount, but even then it is really small. We are paying $50, $75, $100 a head so that you can have a good meal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, at least. <laughs> so going back to things that you can't control. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speakers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Speakers. I cannot tell you... How I have tried or attempted to tailor a program so there is a as few people as possible speaking for as little as possible time. Yes. And always there is one person who will go rogue on me. Always. I will say, I need to see what you're re- what you're gonna mm-hmm. say. It needs to be within three minutes. Let's let's time you. And I will have as much control over what is being said, when it's being said, and by whom until the night of, and then someone will go rogue, and 15 minutes later, everyone's still standing there going, or sitting there going, what is this person talking about? How about when the person who makes the ask, or is supposed to make the ask, never gets to that point? No. (laughs) Yep. Same thing. Reviewed the speech in advance. She and I practiced because she was so nervous, and we get there. And uh, she starts talking about how important it is to volunteer, which I agree. Not the reason you're on stage right now, but yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. promote volunteerism. She gets off the stage without ever actually asking people to write down (laughs) how much they're going to give. And so then people are starting to stand up and I like run onto the stage and grab the mic. And I was like, just to wrap this up, here's where you can make a difference. (laughs) Oh, Oh, by the way, that pledge form in front of you. (laughs) Is that why you're so good at making the ask? Because you're really great at making the ask. Last year, I did it uh, at an event that you weren't at, and I got to say, 
it was like my finest moment. <sighs> it's one of those where you just like leave the stage being like, hell yeah, I'm going to fucking give more. <laughs> <laughs> form let me do it too i think what can be really destructive about galas though is the staff burnout oh my gosh yeah when you don't have um the staff because really it's all hands on deck oh it absolutely is so program people admin people it doesn't matter what you do for the organization if you're available you have to be there to help out um and that is something that i've learned over the years that if i can have if I can recruit volunteers to take up a, more of that slack, mm-hmm. then I will. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds like, well, yeah, obviously, but sometimes it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. So trying to find the right people who for the right roles mm-hmm. um, so that you're not burning staff out, I think is critical. Well, and I think this is where nonprofits can do more work, too, in determining what the real cost is to them. So often you finish up the event, you look at your expenses, you look at how much you raised, you've got your net profit. But nonprofits don't really calculate in the staff time. And my guess is a lot of them are actually losing money. Absolutely. And so you really need to look at that. I mean, unless you're putting on these high production value, like really high-end events and getting some really significant donations, you might actually be losing money. I was was part of an organization where we had um, this really phenomenal event that had been created long before I was there. Um, where people actually donated their houses for the night. It was a, um, oh, a progressive uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. And so we all started one place, had appetizers, then split off into individual homes. So our true cost was the cost of printing and mailing, and then a little bit of my staff time, but we had an incredibly engaged committee who would even do like the seating charts and all of that. That one, the net profit on that would have been incredible because it was so little time for me. People got this amazing event, and the volunteers were really the ones orchestrating it all. For most other nonprofits, though, that's really not the case. No, I mean, those types of events are priceless. Oh, my gosh. And I've been, I've had the opportunity or the good fortune to inherit, inherit, there we go, (laughs) inherit um, an event similar to that where the cost of putting the event on is very minimal, the time, everything very minimal, um, but yet yield a great result fundraising-wise. But that's not the reality. Right. And so I know that there's this push to get away from galas. It's not that I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're making $100,000 from your gala every year and you don't have another idea that's going to bring in that same amount, mm-hmm. I mean netting $100,000, right. then what are the odds that you're going to drop it? Right. Well, I think that's the big issue is for organizations considering dropping their gala, first off, hopefully they've done that analysis of what the true cost is. Right. And then they need to figure out a different way to convert those donors over because you don't want to lose this pool of folks who have been coming year after year to the gala. You want to ensure they still have a way to invest. And that takes work. It takes a real campaign. You can't just like throw them onto your year end appeal list and assume that they're going to start giving. Right. Well, and I think the other thing to add is that Okay, so if getting rid of it altogether is not an option, to your point of the staff time involved, you know, can you look at other ways of potentially, quote unquote, saving money by saving time in the sense of, does it make sense to hire a third party company to organize it so your internal staff is not consumed by it for two months leading up? Exactly, yep. Or are there aspects of the event itself that is a huge time suck 
for example, for me, like the silent auction, you know, if I can replace that income with a few corporate sponsorships or by having a few more donor meetings leading up to the event to um, come to fruition during the paddle raise, then what's the point of doing all that solicitation, all that organization, entering all the items into your auction software, dealing with all that headache at checkout when you're only making, you know, $5,000 from it Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Can we take a minute to talk about auction software? Sure. (laughs) Your face just fell so hard. (laughs) Because I'm in it right now. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, okay, so I've been with organizations that have had this longstanding event that has had a silent auction, and the committee is so dedicated to paper forms that they won't go to any kind of online auction, which we know we have plenty of data. I mean, I don't have it in my hand, so I can't cite anything, but we know that online works so much better and increases donations and giving. And, and it's the way that organizations have been shifting for years now. And yet there are those who want to handwrite their name. They want to monitor that spot all night long, you know, that's exactly right. Grabbing their shrimp cocktail, making another round to make sure that they're still the top bidder. And and it's so much extra work because then you're hand tallying that, you're hand entering it for them at checkout. I mean, that process right there is enough to give anybody anxiety. It's a no-win situation because I've done that. I've done the paper bidding. I've switched to mobile bidding. I've had people complain to me when it was paper bidding. I've had people complain to me when it's mobile bidding. And really, at the end of the day, that that's a big takeaway about galas is that somebody's always going to complain about something. 100%. Yep. And so, you know, the best thing that you can do is try to improve on the poor experiences from the year before. So like we said, if there was cold food, make sure there's hot cooked food the next year. But then somebody is going to complain because there's not a um, Atkins friendly diet option or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something random. <laughs> but that's so true. Like the all the dietary restrictions getting messed up, like... There are so many things that can lead to a bad experience that then really hurts your the overall outcome of the gala. So, takeaways. My first thing is to anybody attending a gala. Yes. As a guest, first off, be gracious. Although you have paid a lot of money to be there, recognize that hopefully the majority of that is actually being invested in the mission, and you're just there for whatever the night might bring. If you have cold food, if you are upset by something, sit on it. Give it a few days, maybe even a couple weeks if you're really patient, and then let them know. Um, But let the event planner, let the development director, let the CEO, executive director have that night. Just let them have it, please. And I would add to that, that even if you're a board member, um, recognizing that whatever mistake, quote unquote mistake was made, they probably already know about it. (laughs) Right. And they probably already feel like crap about it. Yep. And it definitely was not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you didn't intend to mess up my name tag? Exactly. And that um, there are so many logistics. It doesn't mean that the feedback isn't helpful. It's just timing, which you're bringing up. But also, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about this one time when it was the night of the event and I walked in. So we had shut the doors to the ballroom where everybody was sitting so that people wouldn't go in there and sit because we want them out, you know, playing the games and, you know, doing the silent auction stuff. 
And one of the board members managed to get in there and she didn't like where she was sitting, where her table was. So she changed my seating chart. (laughs) It's the night of. I mean, like dinner is happening in half an hour and she's changing my seating chart, not recognizing it took about three hours to put that seating chart together, taking into effect everybody's or taking into consideration everybody's relationships so that, you know, Peggy said she wanted to sit near Mary and Mary said that her brother-in-law Bill is, you know, next door. And then, so all of that has been pre-planned and pre-mapped out and you cannot change things the night of. And to be clear, hospitality already has that, that map. Exactly. You've got volunteers who have it to help people get to their seats. Like, this doesn't live in isolation just with the table numbers that are physically on the tables. Right, because now John, who's allergic to shellfish, <laughs> like his special meal is going to Ted, and John's getting, you know, lobster, and it's just there's so many ripple effect <laughs> ramifications <laughs> that people don't understand. So, just keep that in mind. Not that we don't care about your experience. We absolutely, we 100% care about your experience. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things in the moment that are there for a reason. Absolutely. What about takeaways for the nonprofits? So for the nonprofits, um, you know, it just goes back to what we were saying about, I, I think you need to be honest about the event. You need to do your analysis and recognize where the time suck is, where what's costing you money, where are you, and I know that's hard if you haven't done it before, but where is it in your best interest to spend money and where does it not matter so much? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would say to the sector as a whole, I think we need to probably have some deeper conversations about the, the culture surrounding galas and Mm -hmm. what that means and how um, it reflects on our clients, um, our sector as a whole. Um, right now, they are certainly a means to an end. And there might be a point at which uh, we recognize that there are some better, more equitable ways to do that. Great. With that, uh, we're going to say ta-ta. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Email us at nonprofit at Our email is nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. There it is. And remember, please give and give generously. Bye-bye. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Mission Launch, a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com. And Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.